What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. You are listening to the 109th episode of the Hogline Podcast. Wow. Today, Jack and I are here to bring you the latest sports news. What specifically? Uh, today, Jack, we will be talking about the NBA Finals preview. <laughs> it's so weird to say that in um, almost October. Yeah, like the season should be starting. <laughs> yeah, the season usually rolls around mid to late October. Right. And um, yeah, so the, the season will go, th- this will be a year-long season, kind of like the NHL was. Yeah. Um, they said that the, <laughs> they said the Lightning started the season October or something, and then they just ended it uh, yesterday. Congratulations to the Lightning, by the way. Um, Congrats, we, Lights. Um, <laughs> they defeated the Stars in six games, and they win their first Stanley Cup in uh, since 2004. So congratulations to Tampa Bay. Wow. Um, but, yeah, no, it's weird because, obviously, the NHL and the NBA usually start around this time, and now they're ending. Um, I don't know if I've said it on the show before, but I don't really like it, to be honest. I kind of like when it's separated from football. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I don't know. I don't mind it. I'm just, I don't, I haven't really even given that much thought. I'm just, no, I guess I like it because I just like so much sports being on right now. Right. I don't know. I, I kind of like it spread out more, but, but I guess normal is normal. I would take that. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll be getting into that uh, later on in the show, but first we'll be talking about all things NFL uh, week. I wrote week three preview. That already happened. This is week four. Uh, week four preview. And um, yeah, so we'll be getting into that later on in the show. But before we get any into that, we had some breaking news this morning. Um, well, it's not breaking by the time you're hearing this. It's probably a day later. But the Tennessee Titans had a little bit of a COVID outbreak. I don't know if you can call it an outbreak, but they've had a little bit of a cluster positive tests. Um, this is true. I can confirm. Jack confirms it. He the, so there's three, as that as as far as we know, three players on the Titans tested positive, and five personnel members. So eight in total. Uh, they were confirmed positive tests. None of them were false positives. They I read that earlier today, and I don't know if you saw this, but it's they placed their defensive tackle some backup tight end and their long snapper on the COVID reserve list. So I, so those are the three players. I mean, you would, you would, yeah, those would be the three. Um, So, you know, I don't, I don't know if they are like sick. I don't know if they're asymptomatic or not, but I haven't heard anything about that. Have you? No. Yeah. So I I don't know. Um, There's a couple contingency plans for this uh, shuffling around of the schedule. You know, so there's two games the NFL obviously has to worry about, the the Steelers and the Titans and the Vikings and the Texans because the Titans played the Vikings last week. Um, so the NFL is obviously mon- monitoring who had close contact with the people that tested positive and all that. Um, well, I'm sure – did you see that the, the Vikings all positive? I mean, sorry, nope, they're all negative <laughs> tests. <laughs> Every single Vikings personnel is positive. They're all is, negative. So is, it, I don't, is it really all negative? I just, I just saw like as you know, so far it was all negative, but has everyone come back negative? I 
that's what I thought, but now I'm now I'm a little skeptical of, of my prior information. I don't know. Yeah, I, I from what I understood, I thought it was at the time that we know from all the tests that came back, they were all negative, but I wasn't sure if they were done testing everyone or not. But I don't know. Um, so far, so good for Minnesota. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, obviously th- this is going to require some, you know, shuffling around of games or perhaps. Well, uh, the um, what I s- I did see that tweet earlier. They're referring to that. <clears throat> excuse me. It could work out how they could reshuffle the the bye weeks and whatnot. However, the NFL announced that their contingency plan is just to push it to Monday because the Titans, I don't know if you said this, they closed their facilities, in-person facilities until, uh, I guess, in-person operations until Saturday. So if necessary, they may need another day, and then thus the Steelers-Titans game will be on Monday night. Um, I've heard Monday or Tuesday. I didn't hear Tuesday, but that also is a possibility. I feel like they're going to – they're – definitely going to exhaust those options before they try to reshuffle the schedule. Um, and there's no like official plans that they're going to rearrange the schedule. I think that's just kind of speculation at this point. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it, it is. It all, it all is just hearsay at this point, you know, uh, reporters and just, you know, civilians are coming up with their theories of what they should do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what, what, what do you think the long-term impact of this? I mean, obviously the NFL had to have expected this because right. Roger Goodell said in his statement that, you know, this is not something that, you know, it would be naive to think that you get through a whole entire six month season with no positive tests. So this was right. definitely something they were expecting. Um, what do you think? What do you think the limit of like how many people can test positive before this thing gets shut down? Like what, where do you think the, the line is for this. I mean, I know that's a hard question to answer, but I don't do you have any thoughts. I don't think that it's a. It's got to be very significant. We saw what happened to the MLB. I feel like that was a lot, a lot of positives, and they dealt with a little bit of a mess, but they forged ahead, um, and you know their playoffs start now, and uh, they got through it. I definitely. I see the NFL handling even better than baseball. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it has to be really significant for them to cancel this season, I think. Um, right. I mean, I, I don't – maybe I'm just not paying as close of attention as I once was, but, I mean, you probably know better than me, but has there been just, like, less overall tests, positive tests in the MLB? Because I feel like it was, like, a very big problem, like, back when it started, like, you know, a month and a half ago, but now it's just, like, I don't really hear as much about it. Is that is yeah. that true? No, there hasn't been much – yeah, many, like, outbreaks amongst the teams recently. Um, Why do you – did they do anything differently or it's just, like, lucky, do you think? I don't really know. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's luck. Certainly interesting. Maybe there's um, – maybe they're just – I don't know. They're learning from mistakes and they – like, it's everyone's always, like – before the season, I'm sure they were warned that, you know, follow precautions, like, do the right thing, but – and but now that it, like teams actually some didn't, then they don't want to be the next bad guy. So, um, right. I, so maybe that inadvertently that could happen for the NFL. Um, maybe the first little scare could be the last little scare. Hopefully, yeah, that's yeah. A definitely an optimistic uh, outlook. But it's so tough though, because like these three guys that had it, like they could have not done anything. They could have just been following yeah. most of the right. precautions yeah. anyway. So. It's a really hard thing to, you know, 
come to a consensus about and like nailed down because right. like everyone has their own opinions of how the league should be handling it and whatnot. But I, I, I do like what you said though because I think if the MLB can get through what they got through, the NFL should be able to get through what they get yeah. through. So, um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, you know, everyone they they can mitigate the risk and people they the let the le- the lesser amount of people that can get it, the better. Um, and uh, hopefully this doesn't, you know, shake things up too much. And, um, yeah. Yep. So, we'll see. I mean, hopefully this season is played in full. Uh, we will stay on track here with football. We're going to get right into our week four preview. Jack and I have selected three games to talk about um, for week four. You know, um who should we start off? Let's start off with the Cardinals and the Panthers first. Okay. Um, play it at one o'clock. The Cardinals are going to be traveling to to the eastern side of the United States. Um, they don't play too many one o'clock games, but this will be one of them. First thing I have written down is that Kyler threw three interceptions against the Detroit Lions, and um, he kind of handed that game to Detroit, and he did not play very well. Wow. What, what do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm a Detroit Lions truther, and I feel like I'm going to follow them into their own grave this year. Um, but, yeah, they pulled it out. <laughs> I was actually very surprised that um, I don't give up on the Lions too easily. And, uh, yeah, they hung in there. As you said, I mean, I don't really have much to add. I, like Kyler, he did not play well. Um, yeah, sorry, the, one second. So the Lions, um, you know, we won't talk too much about them because they're not playing in this game we pre- we're previewing here, but they could – they should be 2-1 and one, right? because um, of the week one loss to the Bears. They kind of blew it there. So, you know, the, maybe the Lions aren't as bad as people perceive them to be. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, Kyler, he did salvage his day uh, from a fantasy standpoint, at least, because he had that very nice touchdown run. Right. So that kind of got him um, – put him a decent stat line in terms of fantasy points. But uh, that, that kind of play is just unacceptable for a person that, you know, has, you know, aspirations of being an MVP. Um, you can't have too many of those games. So, you know, he's just got to cut down the interceptions. I mean, he, he's a – He's a monster with his legs and such a dual threat and it's very hard to prepare for. But if you kind of give, let the other team into the game like that, it's just, you know, you can't, you can't play like that if you're in the converse, MVP conversations. So I'm obviously very confident he'll bounce back, but you know, tough Sunday for him and, and the Cardinals as well. Yeah. I mean, the uh, Lions defense isn't necessarily great. Um, no. Yeah, exactly. But he's it's not like he's got a he's going against a very stout one this week in the Panthers so I was just gonna I was just gonna get into that I was gonna say maybe look for Kenyon Drake to have his best game of the season so far uh the Panthers give up the second most fantasy points to running backs through the first three weeks of the season um I believe they let up the 21st or 20th uh they're 20 or 21st in rush defense in terms of yards per game and fantasy points they let up the you know, second second most, as I just said. Uh, I know Josh Jacobs had that big game against them week one. Austin Eckler did really well against them last week. Uh, I don't remember who they played week two, but 
big games for running back. So maybe Kenyon Drake, who has not had the best start to his season, uh, maybe he bounces back in week four. Yeah. Um, other thing I've written down is that Mike Davis looked really solid uh, replacing Christian McCaffrey. Right. Uh, 13 carries, nine targets and eight catches and a receiving touchdown, 91 total yards. So big day for Mike Davis. And, you know, I mean, if they're going to throw to him that many times, you got to, he's a must start if, um, as long as McCaffrey's not there. Are you just trying to hype him up so you can trade him to me? I did send you a trade offer for Mike Davis today. I didn't <laughs> offer you. I just said, do you want Mike Davis? Uh, but no, that, that was me organically praising Mike Davis's play in week <laughs> three. So no, I mean, uh, I love Mike Davis. And like I just said, I think he's a must start as long as McCaffrey's there. Um, but in general, I mean, it, it really, it all depends on your team. I don't want to get too much into the fantasy side of things here, but you know, I, um, I'm three and oh, so I think I can afford a little bit of risk. So, you know, if I don't necessarily need the immediate points of Mike Davis, whereas a team like you, who's one and two may need that and who just lost Saquon a week ago. Yeah, I'm, but... I, I didn't mean to have a live trade negotiation over this podcast here. But anyway, um, going back to the game real quick, I guess we'll wrap up this one. But I think the pan the excuse me the Cardinals should roll over the Panthers, and I'm expecting a big bounce back week for Kyler, and um, I'm saying 27-10 Arizona. 27-10. Yep. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Did the Panthers have a win yet? They, I think they won last week. They beat the uh, the Chargers, I believe. I'll verify that. But um, I'm gonna take the Cardinals in this too. Cardinals yeah. sit at the, the bottom of the NFC West, don't they? Uh, it's, it's a three-way tie. I mean, technically they're in second. They did beat San Francisco. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's Seattle's 3-0, and and then the rest of them are 2-1. and Oh, okay. And the Panthers did beat the Chargers last week, 21-16. to And week two, I forgot who they played, but they played the... Why can't I find it? Oh my gosh, where is it? What? They played who? The Panthers. The Bucks. They lost to the Bucks. Yeah. Right. Um, and Fournette had a big game against them. Okay, so they, they really are not good against running backs at all. Right. Is what I was trying to say. He smashed that Kenyon Drake play. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. He is an interesting, you know, by low candidate, I guess. Um, yeah, I think he'll his play will increase a little bit in terms of fantasy production uh we can talk about the next game we'll talk about the kansas city chiefs taking on the new england patriots uh this game is in arrowhead so correct the chiefs coming off a pretty dominant win against the baltimore ravens last night um mahomes obviously had a huge night four total touchdowns i think yeah yeah i believe um three passing one rushing um, they look just dominant in all all facets of the game. Patriots obviously could easily have been three and zero at this point if that last play against Seattle two weeks ago went their way. Um, but other than that, two dominating wins against Las Vegas and Miami. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think the Patriots are going to win. Wow! I think look right now the spreads at uh, Chiefs minus seven. Um, 
I think we're underestimating the Patriots a little bit. On paper, statistically, these teams are really similar. Uh, the defenses, I think points allowed per game and yards per game, they're right next to each other. I think middle of the pack amongst the rest of the league. Um, and then offensively, the Chiefs average the fifth most yards per game at 433, and the Patriots average seventh most at 409. Um, I think, and you just said it too, um, Patriots very could be 3-0 and uh, if that last play, if Cam gets one more yard. Um, and the Patriots can, can hang with anyone, I, I think. Um, so I see this being uh, kind of a shootout. But, again, Cam and the scheme that Bill Belichick cooks up, I think that can really can keep this game close, and I think the Patriots can pull it out. I mean, we saw it on that Sunday night game against the Seahawks two weeks ago, week two. Um, what do you think? I'm sure. Are you taking the Chiefs to win? Yeah, I think they will, but I think um, it could be a very close game. I think maybe the Patriots keep it closer than seven points. I, yeah. I, that kind of stands out to me as being a little bit of a, a bigger spread than I was expecting. Um, I didn't know what it was until you just said it, and I'm looking at it right now. I was maybe expecting it to be five, five and a half maybe. So right. um, that's interesting to, to look at there. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs just look so dominant. I mean, it's really hard to stop them. That, I, I said it the other day as well, uh, Seattle's offense. I know I don't want to get too off topic, but they just seem so hard. I don't know how you stop Seattle. They just look like they're yeah. firing, firing at all cylinders, offensively, I mean. Right. I, I still think their defense has some issues. I did say that, I think, last week on the show as well. But right, offensively, I've, I mean, I've, I just don't know how you stop them. I just – right. I find the Seahawks and Chiefs teams to both be very similar right now. And – the Patriots were right in there with the Seahawks the last last second of the game. So that's why I was surprised to see this the spread at such a wide margin. Um that's it. That's all I got, I think. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Cam Newton obviously didn't have the best day last week, but it didn't really matter because the run the, the ground game was really working. Uh, Rexy. So, sexy Rexy and and Sony had a big day. Um so yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, Tyreek Hill's doing really well. Like he's he's caught a touchdown in every game, I believe five catches in every game. But and Clyde, Clyde's just doing really well as well. And I don't know, I just the Chiefs are just obviously must must see TV. And yeah, I mean if you look at the other four o'clock games, you got the Giants and the Rams and the Bills and the Raiders. I mean, the Bills and Raiders are a little interesting, but obviously all the eyes are going to be on New England and Kansas City at the, in the 4 o'clock slate. Right. Um, all right, anything else to add or else we can move on to our final game? Uh, no, we can move on. So the last game we're going to be talking about are the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the San Francisco 49ers in the Sunday night football matchup. Uh, Eagles, you know... The majority of our listeners are Eagles fans, so we don't have to tell you that you know how poorly the Eagles are playing at this point. But I will anyway because you know we can always take an opportunity to do that. Carson Wentz, seven turnovers through the first three weeks. Yeah. Last week had a QBR in the 40s and a 62.3 passer rating against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a 
terrible franchise. Um, <laughs> yep. Obviously, the tie last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and it just not looked good at all. Um, I think they get Alshon Jeffrey back. Probably won't make that much of a difference at all. Doesn't make a difference. But yeah, it's, Deshaun's hurt, I think. Yeah, Dallas I mean, Goddard what else and Deshaun new? Jackson are not there. So that that's also something I wanted to say as well. Um, George Kittle could be making – well, he played the first game. It won't be his debut, but his first game back potentially. I don't know if he's going to be playing. I, mean, I think well, they'll have to monitor how much he's practicing this week. But Kittle could come back. And then Zach Ertz obviously looks to be heavily targeted as well with those pass catchers out. So could be a big tight end game. Uh, I don't know for certain, but I would guess Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play because I think there was even some speculation he was going to play last week up right. until I think like Saturday. So Garoppolo probably could be back. Um, so that'd be good for them to to get back. And I mean, Coleman and Mostert are are also banged up as well. But you know, it really doesn't matter because Jeffrey Wilson came yeah. to play last week. So he's a Yobagoya. McKinnon's probably going to be out too. I think. Right, yeah, he did get hurt at the end of the last game as well. So, but I really in Shanahan's system, he just uses whatever running back is there, and they seem to produce. So, I'm not too concerned about their run game either. Backup is Jamichael Hasty. He could see some work. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you just said, it really does not matter who's running the ball for San Francisco, because Shanahan will find a way to get the most out of these guys. Um, but yes, yeah, so I guess what I really want to focus on was. You know, the 49ers defense obviously is banged up. No Bosa or Solomon Thomas for the rest of the season, but it's still an above average unit. I mean, they've got a solid linebacking crew with led by Fred Warner. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe they could match up well against Zach Ertz and, you know, get to Carson Wentz a few times in this game. So I don't right. know. I, really, I think the struggles may continue um, for, for Wentz and the Eagles. If you look at the their schedule, the Eagles' next three games are against San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, going against some, you know, pretty good defenses and teams in general. So, I mean, they, I don't know. I mean, I, I think at best, at best, they're two, three, and one. But I'm, I'm thinking maybe they beat one of those teams. What are the odds? Uh, what are the, all what three, are the, yeah, I want you to create. Uh, on the spot odds for them to go to be 05 and one sitting after in week seven. I don't know. I think like there's probably like a 50% chance they go 05 and one. <laughs> I mean, I, I think like, you know, I don't know. They, they may be one of these, one of the three. And I, if I, if I had to give my official prediction, I'd say one, four and one, and I don't even know who they would be out of those three. Honestly, probably I don't I see think, them beating Baltimore. I think it would either be us or San Francisco. But I think the weakest team is the the Niners out of those three right now. But still, I I don't see it that happening this week. <laughs> yeah. So when you're o five and one, it's really hard hard to crawl out of that hole. But right. I mean, their schedule does get a little bit easier after that. I know they get obviously get the Giants twice. They get uh, the football team one more time. Who are leading the NFCs though, by the way. Still? So, yeah, they're in first place. We're at one and two. They have one win. It's one and two football team, one and two Cowboys, and then 0 two and threes. one Eagles, and 0 and three Giants. Jeez. So um, yeah, that division's a mess just like last year. Yep. 
So some things never change, even in this crazy world that we live in. <laughs> I, uh, I've got the 49ers edging out the Eagles in a close one, 27-24. I just think the Niners are going to win. I don't, I don't even necessarily think it's close either. I know, I mean, the Eagles are pretty desperate, but I, I don't see them. I don't see them winning this game. Yeah, man. Wow. And no, Goddard was really having a pretty solid start to the season as well. And right. He's not there anymore. And I know Deshaun Jackson's, you know, older at this point and didn't have too much of an impact, but you know, it's just another guy. They just same, same thing, you know, like the wide receiver. Looking at the box score from last week, like at the end of last year, I just never expected Greg Ward Jr. to still be a thing, still be leading the team in receiving but yeah you would would have thought at at some point they would have done something and they they did they drafted Jalen Rager and obviously he's out for two months now at this point but it's just yeah you you wouldn't expect him because he seemed like such a low-level replacement I think they should have I don't know (laughs) I mean I guess yeah they signed Marquis good good win and he opted out but like I think they should have went after more. I mean, my plan for the Eagles, theoretically, I thought they should go after corners uh, in free agency, which they did. Well, they signed or they traded for Slay, which and then draft receivers with this deep class. But like, I don't know, just a rookie wide receiver being your leading receiver in what should have been like a win now team going into this year, I would have probably looked for more talent outside of Goodwin. I think we may have pre- tried to predict it on our NFL free agency episode. I don't quite remember, but Bobby Anderson. Yeah, that would have been such a nice fit for them. I mean, not like an elite guy, but a pretty good deep threat, and he's having a pretty solid first couple of games with Carolina. So, and right. I'm I'm I don't know what his contract is, but he couldn't couldn't have been that crazy expensive. So I think yeah, that that would have been a nice fit, um, especially being a Temple guy. True. Yep. All right. So I guess that wraps up our NFL talk. We will move right into our NBA finals preview just for, you know, a quick 15 minutes or so. Um, what do you think? I've got, I've got a few things written down here. Uh, you can, you can take the floor first. Yeah, we'll just go through the, the our agenda. Um, starting off most important matchup, individual matchups. So like one guy on each team, I'm assuming, correct? Facing off against each other. Uh, I do. I have that. I forgot, I forgot what I texted you, but okay. I, um, I do have uh, one of those. Well, most important individual matchup, I think, is pretty clear. Um, I'm gonna go Bam versus AD. Yeah, that's what I wrote as well. Right. Um, I mean, I of course the first person you think about is LeBron. I'm going to assume – I mean, I don't know who they plan to throw at LeBron. I'm going to assume Jimmy Butler. He's probably their best defender. Well, Bam's not going to gonna guard a player like LeBron, so I it just makes sense that it would be Butler. But And Butler's a great defender. I love Jimmy Butler. Uh, but I LeBron's going to get his no matter what, who's guarding him really. I don't, like, I don't – not many can, like, lock down LeBron. You're going to have to – play a lot of help and double to, to start, try to slow down LeBron. I think he's going to get his no matter what. Um, I mean, there's a respect to Butler, but that's why I think it's pretty clear. It's, 
it's going to be a great matchup to see Adebayo and Anthony Davis, who Bam really came on. I mean, this whole season, uh, did he? He did not win most improved player. Who won that? Brandon Ingram. Okay, but Bam was like right up there with him. Probably the uh, came in second. Um, the whole season he's been playing great, and I as a seems like uh, of the playoffs, like people. After the playoffs, like at this point in time, a lot of people are regarding him as like a top three center, um, which may be true. Yeah, he played, he played really well against us um, yeah. in the Easter Conference Finals. You know, obviously everyone remembers the block from Game One um, that kind of sealed the deal at the end. Uh, but other than that, he still played really well. Right. I mean, especially in Game Five, I'll pull up his exact line. But sorry, no, not Game Five. It was the Game Six. Game six. Yeah, game five is when he said he played like bad. Right, yeah, yeah, I meant game six, but he played a uh, yeah, thirty-two points and fourteen boards in game six. So yeah, um, I yeah, there's a reason why we both had it. Um, one thing I did uh, know, I wrote this down: Anthony Davis only averaged six rebounds in the Western Conference Final per game. Really, I did notice it, it was just very down. I I noticed it one day because I was looking at it and. I think he only had two rebounds. I think it was game three or four. Yeah, that's like, odd wow. to see him get two rebounds. And then I look, and I'm, and I looked into it further, and like the whole series, he really wasn't getting in there as much. So, I mean, I guess yeah, they got a good big man in Jokic. So, um, I don't know. Maybe a very strong uh, front court could be his kryptonite. I mean, we've seen Andy Davis go through some struggles at some point. That's why, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup for him. Yeah, and these are going to be the obviously the biggest four to seven games he's ever played in his entire life. So That's, yeah, also that. Well, obviously, we we've never seen any really in, anybody in the Heat either in this moment. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, that'll be interesting to watch. Who are the X factors in this series? Uh, so I got one for the Lakers and two for the Heat. Um, okay. I'll start with the Heat, and to. Uh, go against what you just said, that he don't have anyone who's been in this moment. Oh, Iguodala. Uh, yeah, Iguodala, yeah. It's his six straight finals. Um, he's, uh, I mean, I don't know. He's not, like, a star anymore, clearly. And I don't think he's going to win finals MVP as he did in 2015, but or whatever that year was. Uh, he's played some solid minutes in the playoffs. I think he's averaged, like, 19 minutes a game. Um, not putting on much stats, but it's just a good guy to have, you know, with all he's what, I think he's like 36 now. Uh, very, uh, well-respected veteran, accomplished veteran. Um, who's, as I just said, been in this before six straight finals. Um, so finals experience is definitely, uh, he can contribute that that's going to, that could be significant. Yeah, I don't know why he slipped my mind. I, I <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my other guy on the Heat, Duncan Robinson. Um, I mean, he's just uh, – every time I watch Duncan Robinson shoot, it always goes in. <laughs> That's really what I feel like. Like, he's just sensational from three. Um, I think on the year he's like 47%, 46%. Um, dipped a little bit in the playoffs, but still above 40% from three. Like, that's incredible, especially a guy this young. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a deadly shooter like that can really be 
be lethal. Um, why he's my ex other ex actor for the Heat, probably a more, um, I don't know what the right word is, but a more visible X factor. You, know, you may not see Iguodala's contributions on paper um, or even really on the court. Um, do you have any heat X factors before I share my Lakers one? So I was thinking about this a little bit. I kind of went, went through a few different guys in my head and it's actually, you know, as we're talking this out, I kind of changed my answer. Um, and we already talked about him, but I just think it's Anthony Davis because I just literally think he's the most important factor in this whole entire thing. Because if you really think about it, you you it's kind of just, you know, touching on what you just said. But LeBron James is going to play well like he always does. He's played in 10 NBA finals. Um, and I mean, everyone knows what he does. So he's going to play well no matter what. And I, you know, I think the Heat are going to do their thing as well. And it just all literally comes down to him. If he just plays how he plays and his normal self, the Lakers are going to win this series. Um, and if he struggles for, you know, he, maybe he could struggle for a game or two and they'll, they'll still be fine and pull it out in six or seven. But if, if this is like a common theme and it's like every single game, the Heat are going to, the Heat are going to pull it out. So there's no one that has a bigger impact on this than Anthony Davis, in my opinion. So that's why I think a true definition of an X factor is, I guess, the person that has the biggest impact and, you know, their play will dictate how it goes. And I think he's, he, he, he's going to swing this series one way or the other. So I, I ended up with him, um, okay. but I'm interested to hear what you, who you said specifically for the Lakers. It's interesting. You said that about what you think the, the definition of an X factor just being the most important, I guess in my head, what I interpret as an X factor is like maybe someone who flies a little under the radar on said team who can have a very, can like push the needle one way or another, if they have a good series or not. Um, I kind of, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is kind of weird, but I, I kind of view what you said as, as a wild card, like someone you're not expecting to, but if they okay. do have a big impact, Right. Right. What I think an X factor is, is like that person's play dictates, has the biggest, like, you know, pull, like I said, of, of which way the series will go. Like if they play bad, it'll really negatively impact their team. If they play well, their team's going to be in good shape. That's kind of how I view it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, who's your X factor slash wild card? On the yeah, so I guess my wild card for the Lakers would be Rondo. Uh, I kind of forgot about Rondo. He's been out for a while with that hand in- or wrist injury. I honestly forget that happened like before this all started, even that uh, sidelined him for, I think, like six weeks. But at least in the short time in the playoffs he's played, he shot 50% from the field uh, on nine points per game, seven assists per game tw- uh, in 24 minutes. Um, those are great numbers. And outside of LeBron and AD, this team is just not good. It really isn't. Um, so, I mean, I think if Rondo steps up, he's another guy who has finals experience. Um, other than LeBron, if you want to count J.R. Smith and Danny Green, no one else does on this Lakers roster. Uh, JaVale McGee. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
But Rondo, I don't yeah, he's Dwight a, Howard. He's Dwight Howard's been in the finals. I think he, they went to the finals in 2009, I think. The Magic did? Yeah, I think they played the Lakers in 2009. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but anyway, about Rondo. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's just a uh, – I don't know. It's kind of – I feel like he's been around for so long because he really has been. Um, and I think that – I mean, he offers a lot of uh, – What's the right word? Front court ability, I guess. Nope, sorry, back court ability uh, to kind of take the load off of LeBron at times. He's been uh, in the league for 15 years. Wow. That's a long time. Um, yeah, I got Rondo. Like, someone's got to step up on this Lakers team. I don't know you, if uh, – You were literally five when Rondo entered the NBA. I mean, I was three when LeBron entered the NBA. Yeah, wow. No, I like that answer a lot. Um Rondo's obviously someone that's won an won an NBA championship before, knows what it takes, and the Lakers definitely have the upper hand in terms of experience. Um, I mean, it's just Iguodala and a bunch of young guys for the Heat. I know Butler's been around the block and been on a few different teams and played in big moments himself, but none bigger than this. So, um, yeah, it you know as much as much as I want the Celtics to be in it. Um, I, I can't get playing with this matchup. I think it's very fun and exciting. So, uh, and I, I just want to say a quick word in the heat. You know, I, I respect them a lot. They're a very cohesive team. Um, they have great chemistry. They, it's just so, you know, outstanding how well they pass and how yeah. well they play together. And I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of, the Raptors a little bit last year. I know they have like the head Kawhi and all, but other than him, they just were, they were very complete. Like they knew how to play with each other. And that's kind right. of the same feel you get from uh, this heat team. And like, who doesn't love having like, you know, great shooters as well. Exactly. So. I guess I'll just piggyback off of that. Uh, what I'll get into next is what we were most looking forward to seeing. Um, I have two things. One, I just want to just note about the matchup in general. Uh, we kind of been saying it. You just said it, how the Lakers are so top-heavy and outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. I wanted to rank the players in this series. I should have done that before this. But because, like, who, the third best player in the Lakers, who are we going to go that with? We're going to say Kuzma. Talent-wise, Kuzma. And then, like, where would he rank on this Heat team right now? Like, I don't even know. Obviously, the top two on the Lakers are better than everyone on the Heat. But then, like, there's a, such a gap between, um, like, a good chunk of Heat players and then the rest of the Lakers. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just said I, I love this Heat team so much. I've been saying it for months. Uh, also, shout out to me for my parlay um, that I that's been that was placed in. Early February, Heat to win the East, Lakers to win the West. Um, cash yeah. for five for one ten. Uh, Se- seven months coming. I know. I <laughs> did not expect uh, the that bet to be determined in end of September. But anyway, back to this. Um, this Heat team, you said they pass well, they defend well. Like they're such a good team. I think if they win. They're all 
this Heat team being winning the East was already great for the NBA. I think if they win the finals, this could be one of the best things to happen to the to the NBA uh, in regards to critics of the NBA. Like the a large, the most uh, commonly used gripe about the NBA is that it's a star dominant league, and then just like the best players, I don't know, superstars always win. Like, this Heat team is, like, the definition of a good basketball team and plays cohesively as a unit. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that this, like, I don't have anything to back this up, but I feel like a lot of college basketball fans that are very anti-NBA are going to be tuning into this this finals that typically wouldn't. Um, just because they – I feel like the Heat play like a college team. Um, I think it's great for the NBA because that's what, what basketball purists love. It's yeah, going back to what you said about parity in the league, like a few years ago, just even like maybe two or three years ago, to be honest, really it was the Warriors and whatever team LeBron was on. Right. Really, only those two teams could win the NBA Finals. Yeah. Maybe one, you could maybe make the case for one other team, but there was a reason. It was the Warriors versus LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for so long. So, and now I think you can really make the case like for maybe seven or eight teams winning it, which is still not yeah. as much as like the NFL. Cause the NFL, you know, I don't know. I feel like you, there's a little bit more, you know, variation and yes. especially yeah. the end, you know, the MLB and the NHL, like especially right. the NHL right. way more, but it's increasing definitely for the NBA, which is very nice. And um, I don't know about you. I mean, I guess, you can answer this in just a second here, but I'm going to be rooting for the Heat, and I'm interested to hear who you're going to be rooting for because you've been debating yes. all last week. Um, before I guess, you have a decision. Uh, I guess so. I do have a decision, but one, the other thing that I'm most looking forward to seeing is, I think you know what it is. What I'm most looking forward to seeing in this finals. Maybe you don't. By the way, I don't. Your face. I don't know. My my favorite. Not my favorite, my second favorite player in this series behind LeBron. Who is it? Tyler Hero. That's right. Did you hear that? The wise words. You don't like Hero, you don't like basketball. Wise words of Dick Vitale. If you don't like Hero, you don't like basketball. Tyler Hero is basketball. Um, I mean, he's just coming onto the scene is Tyler hero coming out party this past series in particular, the whole bubble, uh, his playoff stats. I'll just read them off real quick. He's got 16 and a half points per game. This is all off the bench, uh, five and a half rebounds per game, four assists per game, field goal percentage of 46 and shooting 38 from three. And he's 20. Um, I mean, that's just, I love it. I love watching so much. The He's Heat so are in good. such a good position for the future. Even win or lose this series, yeah. they're they are in a great position going forward. Um, they've pretty much got everything locked down. I mean, they've got Jimmy Butler, who's a top. What, what are we going to say? Ten player in the NBA, twelve Ten. player in the NBA. Ten. Ten. Um. So right around that range, and then a supporting cast that's young, and they all do something great. Right. And um a top three coach, maybe top five coach in the NBA. Definitely. Great management. Um, and, you know. They're just such a good – Oh, 
I love the Heat so much. If Giannis went to the Heat, would he that kind of ruin it? Would he ruin it? I don't know. I don't. It's gonna take a like. I don't know. Like they need a very specific like type of person, type of player to to fit in there. Like I don't know. I mean, how, nothing, it's so weird Giannis. to say. It's so weird to say like how like how could someone like that like not help your team? Right. It's oh. nothing against Giannis. They just play so well together, and I really think like it would just kind of mess it up. He's just obviously Giannis just requires the ball so much. It's not just it's not his personality that like he needs the ball. It's just like. That's the type of player he is. He needs the ball in his hands and just like to bully people at basket. That's just not how the Heat play. They're not an ISO team like that. It's just I don't know if that would work. I don't. I really don't like. That's why I think I don't. For the record, I don't think he's. I I do think he's gonna stay there because every like literally everything he said, he's said he's gonna stay there. Yes. I know that's not the end all be all because uh, in in Milwaukee, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but like sometimes players don't say anything at all. Like Kawhi, like he just didn't say anything. Right, he left. Um, but literally everything, and I just think that'll still be the case. So, um, all right. Uh, so, yeah, why are we still talking about Giannis? What were we even talking about? What's yeah, we, re- we really <laughs> went off tangent there. Um, I just brought it up because there's been speculation of him, you know, joining the Heat or somewhere else. Uh, oh, yeah. So, we got two more things real quick. Okay. Um, what will this do to LeBron's legacy? If they win or lose. Hmm. That's a tough one. But I think if they if he wins, it uh I don't know. There's so many like arguments and counter arguments you can make for either side, depending on what what your opinion of him is. Right. Right? So if he wins it, people that are against LeBron could say like, "Oh, it was the bubble," or right. Like, that's such a weak argument. That's a dumb argument. Yeah. But or um, I don't know. They could say like, "Oh, he." But it's gonna. They could. They could even know how we both believe the Heat are a great team. Like they could say right. the Heat aren't as. They don't have a star or something like that. Right. So. I don't know. I don't even know where to begin with this question because it's such a loaded question. There's so it many is. things you could be said. Right. So, I don't know. Do you have an answer? I think, well, the answer for me is kind of e- easy. Like, I'm I'm going to say the minority. I think consensus is that Jordan is the best. Um, I don't believe that. I'm on, I think LeBron is the most talented and best player of all time right now. So, win or lose, through my eyes, doesn't affect his legacy. And honestly, I think lose, it's going to validate the Jordan supporters so much that they're going to be like, all right, he's a, what is his finals record? Three and seven. Like, that's a joke. He's lost seven finals and Jordan's won almost that amount. Um, he wins it. I don't think many are honestly going to be swayed because I feel like people are way too stubborn in this debate, as I am, obviously. I'm kind of being hypocritical, but, um, I think that I mean obviously for his legacy, it's gonna help if he wins this. Um, he'll get more respect. I feel like I don't know, winning three to four finals, going there in that jump is pretty significant. So I think that can garner some respect. Cause not many I'm gonna look that up actually. Cause how many people have won four more than four or more? Yeah. Like there's 
not that many. Hold on, let me look it up. Who has won the most NBA finals? Yeah, I don't really know what I was thinking when I came up with that question because it really is such a complicated answer. And you just said people are too stubborn to really exactly change their mind anyway. So, oh, there's a bunch of no names I'm looking at. Finals MVP is what I'm thinking of. Right. Actually, I wanted to go back to that. So if you think the Lakers are going to win, which we can give our serious predictions in a second, that's the last part. Um, you think it's going to be AD LeBron? It's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that Davis does do it. I mean, he's the type of player that he could, in the series, he could average like 36 and 13 or something like that. Right, because the way you were talking about the X factor, I was kind of thinking like, all right, so is he – do you think he'll be the MVP if they win? Um, I'm going to say yeah. Okay. Just because I feel like, yeah, I mean, it could go either way, but I think I think Davis could win it. And, you know, the Heat, <laughs> it really could be a lot of guys. I mean, you, you'd think Jimmy Butler, but, like, if Tyler was, Hero, yeah. like if Tyler Hero just, like, has a couple huge games or something like that. It could be right. him or Duncan or Robinson or Duncan. Yeah. yeah, I think of those. I think it's going to be those four. Yeah, one of those four. What if Drogic just like that's true? Drogic has really been going off. So honestly, it could be one of those five. Yeah, I I don't know. That it's it's pretty cool. Um, did you find the answer for the Finals MVPs? No, because I looked up NBA Finals. Sorry. Uh, NBA Finals and MVPs. Um, who's got the most? Well, so LeBron, Jordan's got six. Right. So then that's that. Okay. This is it. This is what I was thinking of. Jordan's got six, and then there's a group of guys who got three LeBron, Tim Duncan, Shaq, and Magic. So LeBron wins his finals MVPs. Of above that group, so I guess that can you could take that for what it's worth. Did you remember that from all the NBA Jeopardy yes, questions? Yes, I did. Yes, okay. I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it breaks the tie, I guess. So I don't, I don't know. There, there's something. There's, a, there's another accolade that he could be solely second in NBA Finals MVPs. Yeah, if if Anthony Davis wins his MVP, I just all the Jordan support, like all the LeBron haters, are just gonna be like in the debate between Jordan and LeBron. Like, oh, he got carried this one. <laughs> that's carried. just what it's gonna be <laughs> yeah no you're you're definitely right that's that's the correct answer is that this win or loss will do uh nothing cause, right because people are just too stubborn in this debate and, right. and just made up their mind as as i have but yeah all right well uh serious prediction yeah that's the last thing i was gonna say we'll end with a serious prediction i have lakers in seven Oh, also, you never answered who you're rooting for. I also have Lakers in seven. And who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for the Lakers. What? Oh, you're a fraud. You just went on for ten minutes about I how know. great the Heat are. I, I, and you're I, like, oh, never mind. I'm rooting for the I'm rooting for the Lakers. Because all right, because I love LeBron so much and I can't root against him. I just can't I can't see myself rooting against him. I don't know. Maybe I'll change in this throughout this series. Honestly, I'm just I don't want like, you to flop. I'm probably I might flop. Don't don't just don't root for anyone. Root for everybody. 
Yeah, like I'm not going to be mad either way because I love the Miami Heat culture. They have such a nostalgic place in my heart. They're my first team I loved back in 2006 when Shaq and D- Wayne Wayne won it, won it against the Mavs. I was a huge fan of the big three. And then with this team, they're rekindling this this feeling inside of me that I just I love the Heat's culture. We went to a Heat game. It was the first Heat game I ever went to. We went to a game in January. Like American Airlines Arena, Arena I love it. I love everything about I love Tully Hero. I love Jimmy Butler. I love Bam out of I love this whole team. But I can't get over my my passion for LeBron James. You're really having a hard tough time with this one. Like I almost I part of me is very excited to watch because I love LeBron. I love the Heat so much. But part of me just doesn't want this want to watch because I don't want either one to lose. So I don't even I don't know. The only I mean I'm really, I, I want the Heat to win, but the only thing that would be kind of cool if the Lakers won is because obviously Kobe, so that would be kind of cool. They haven't won in uh ten years, so you know, that that would be kind of nice, but um, I don't know. Uh, I don't want this to happen anymore. I, I, I wish, like, this got canceled. Yeah, it is more it is more fun in a sports championship when you really like one team and you really I, hate yeah, the other team. I know. <laughs> it's so um, hard. So it is, it is a little tough when it's a, it's a feel-good championship. Uh, so I'm trying to think of an example for me of what that would be, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, so there you have it, folks. That's the NBA Finals preview. It kicks off tomorrow night. Um, this may be out on Wednesday, so maybe uh, nice. tonight for you guys. But just coming right around the corner, and should be a very exciting series. I hope it goes. I hope, if nothing else, I hope it goes seven. Is a very exciting series because that's always fun. So we will see about that one. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. That's going to close out our show here today. Um, be sure to subscribe to us and follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more action. And um, good luck in fantasy, everybody, this week. Hopefully, the season doesn't get canceled or any of the games get switched around. And you know, we hope the NFL season will continue to forge on. But good luck with everyone, nonetheless. And um, Yeah, we'll catch you next time, folks. See you.